If you're just joining us, Matthew Clark, John Hassner here, getting down to the serious issues of the day. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. Is Diddy in jail, or did he get did he get out? I would what imagine else? he gets out very quickly. The money that you man know, there has. Was, it was so... The money he has from what? From the, his crazy... Vodka? People don't not, drink that much vodka. It's it's from it's from some of the vodka, but his real estate deals. He owns like blocks of New York real estate. That like, how is Sean John doing? Is that still There he is, Mike Biscardi. Hey. Yeah. Diddy is Does he super still wear Sean John? I don't think anybody, I think he sold that actually. I don't think he actually I don't think he still owns it. Or or did Jay Z sell what was his Rockaware? Oh. One of them sold one of them. I think I think it's the yeah, Bad Boy based. Records, and it's a. Co- I think it's a combination of all that, like Fifty Cent, Fifty Cent's worth like two hundred and fifty million, but it's from like Smartwater, and uh, right. But like Fifty Cent could, could be a millionaire from albums, with, mm. you know, alone. Puff yeah. Daddy hasn't done anything since like the nineties, <laughs> musically. Yeah, and it, and it was just two albums. Well, three. I Puff guess. Daddy? I don't know who that is. Yeah, I think he made... Diddy. <laughs> I think it's Puff Daddy now. The, the eighth name change. Yeah, right. Like John Oliver, he's like making fun of people who get weirded out by the transgender. What? Sh- what should we call them? Uh, why don't you just call them what they tell you to call them? Puff Daddy changes his name every three years, and we just go along with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just call me Pity now. Just call me P Dirty. Pity. Pity. Yeah. I just hate how he has to announce his name changes. Is he back to Puff Daddy now? Yeah. It was like exactly. Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, Diddy, now it's Puff Daddy again. He's back. So he got arrested for beating up the coach at UCLA. Throwing a kettlebell at him. Yeah, a kettlebell. Like one of those heavy things Assault that are like kettlebell. balls that you can like grab. And I mean, they can weigh, who knows, 25, I, I don't know. They can weigh a lot. Especially if you throw one at someone. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be hit with one. He fell last night on stage at the BET Awards. He did? He, he was promoting Smokey Robinson, and uh, he fell into a hole. I guess there was a, like a hole in the stage for people to come out of. Right, I think like Rihanna came out of that hole. Yeah, he fell. For, for her performance. Fell into it. Is it on video? It is. You know, Diddy is, uh, that's a rag-to-riches guy right there. I mean, that guy. But at this point in his career, I mean, I don't why is he still going on stage? And, you know, mm. like he still has to do a rap appearance here and there, I guess, to show he's still a rapper. But, I mean, like you said, he hasn't done anything noteworthy since. Producer of other artists. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why he's still I, rapping. Yeah, like he had Biggie. Obviously, he had Biggie. That's that, you know, he'd be nothing. But then you know, he he had that group. What were they called? Danity Kane. And then he had the show, making the band with Dylan. Mm. And n- nothing yeah. was ever like huge. There was never like a, a even like half of what Biggie was. Right. I'm just like how how does he keep how does he stick around? I think it was it was cologne and clothes. I think that's what made him the most money. I forgot about the clothes. I know he was worth at one point a quarter of a billion. I don't know if it's got, if it's more or less than that now. According to Celebrity Net Worth, he's worth uh, 
700 over 750 million jeez you know i remember the show uh when he did making the band i actually didn't mind it and uh yeah, I remember he was I talking. It. Yeah, it was good. And you remember there's one episode he was talking to, you know, some up and coming. He was men mentoring uh, these up and coming artists, and he said, "You know, you got to work hard because I love to sit home, watch Scarface, eat a turkey sandwich, and have freaky sex all day. But I can't do that." I remember thinking, actually, you can. You can. Maybe not every day, but you you can do that. Like you do have that option to retire and do that every day if you'd like that. Nothing about your life would change if you started doing that now until you died. Right, like that's an option. I guess when His he made party. all that money, all that money off of Biggie, he moved it in the right directions, you know. Yeah. So he didn't have to be entertainment. He didn't have to be like relevant in the media. He just has his money working for him with clothes and booze and cologne and who and knows white what parties. else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And acting too. He's actually not a bad actor. Does he still do the white parties out in the Hamptons? I don't know. He uh, he was funny and get him to the Greek. <laughs> yeah, he was good in that. <laughs> what were you? I saw Cher. How was it? It's amazing. It's a man. Fuck. He was good in. Uh, he did a video with Lonely Island where him and Paul Rudd were. Uh, oh just yeah. In a dance floor, and he's just like whipping his dick out and like performing oh. surgery, like the the the. That's that was a weird context I placed it in. The video with by Lonely Island was it's in a club and everyone's doing exactly what the, the, the song is saying because that's like how clubs are. It's like put your hands up, put your hands up. So they're like, oh, yeah. Give birth, give birth, give birth. <laughs> you know, take your dick out. Ladies, take your dick out. Don't ask Hal, just do it, do it, do it, do it. So like girls are pulling out their dicks and like Paul Rudd's like <laughs> like just he's the he's the odd man out. He's got like a flannel shirt on and long hair. He's like, Sean Combs. You're my best friend, but you know I hate clubs. It's like just follow my lead, and the whole mm -hmm. song is just making fun of clubs. But what is that in? Uh, Lonely Island, the it, the group with Andy Samberg and those guys. Uh, oh right, right. They did the a song make, called "I'm on a Boat." Yeah, it's called. It's actually it's something in kindergarten. It's like the kindergarten song or something. But oh, go in kindergarten, I think. But it's it's funny. Oh, so basically, the songs at clubs could—they could literally be, even though they're not—they could be children's songs, just set to a different beat because they're, That's you know, wheels is. on the bus go round and round, round <laughs> and round. If you put a fast, catchy beat behind that, no one will even notice. Right. That's what. It, that's and that's the principle of the. The song. Of play, the tune. play it at Vibe down here in Miami, where I go all the time. <laughs> Hang out with D Wade. Put some gel in your hair, go to Star Island and get late. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, Diddy, Biscardi told me this, that he was uh, maybe uh, 10 years ago. I asked, Biscardi knows everything about New York. So I was like, oh, why does he have the, the white parties? And you said that he, you heard an interview, Diddy said something along the lines of, I just like to see, have people, like to see people have a good time. And he used to put on these uh, extravagant, maybe he still does, parties where you had to go in white, but it was just, it was like Gatsby in modern day, like rap terms, just crazy parties in this mansion in the Hamptons. I mean, oh yeah, I can do that. Going back then, it, to, I think anytime we went on a plane to carry at least $50, $50 bills for every single passenger on the, on the flight, you would just That's hand insane. out. I need to get on those flights. Hey, um, 
one of you guys have like an air conditioner or a fan blown into your microphone? That's not me. It's me. Yeah, like go, Matt. I'll go kill on it. mute real quick. Mute yourself real quick. All right, hold on. I just want to see if it goes away. Hmm. Now it's now it sounds more like. I don't know how to mute it. Hold on, let me mute myself. <laughs> I'm not skilled. Yo, on your on your Skype page that you're looking at right now, on your on your monitor, you know, just open up Skype and you'll see my profile and and yeah, I got it. here we go. All right, so yeah, it was definitely you. All right, hold on, let me kill the fan. Yeah, sweat it out for us. <laughs> I don't want you to be comfortable. Countdown to heat stroke. Ten. Days. Comfort <laughs> is the enemy of success. I think that's what Seinfeld said. <laughs> What's the when deal get, with when these get, peanuts? When you get when you get comfortable, you stop working hard. Well, or you create create the greatest television show of all time, and you can get comfortable. But even he he mm. still doesn't. He still goes up and goes out and tours. I love yeah. him. Makes so much money oh my off gosh. that show. My like uh, seven, seventeen years after it went off the air. It's insane. My uh, my stepdad John said that he saw Seinfeld. He works for General Electric, and uh, they hired him for a corporate gig, and it was something to the tune of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a for literally a five minute like bit. Like he came out and introduced. Maybe it was ten, but it was something very very quick, and it was like two hundred and fifty grand just to show up. Oh. Like a, that's, Leno does that too. I don't think Leno gets that kind of money, but Leno does corporate gigs where he'll show up for ten minutes or so and uh, you know walk out with like a hundred grand because these corporations that have you know endless money just yeah we'll make the right. sales meeting. It's for like sales conferences and stuff. Well, we're gonna kick it off with you know Seinfeld. We're gonna motivate him to sell more appliances. You know, right, the yeah. posters are down. <laughs> so here's Jerry Seinfeld. Right, right. You know. I'm sure he goes there and is like. I don't know how you do what you do, and I don't know, like, like, what is he going to, how is he going to motivate anybody, you know, like, right. at the end of the day, you're going to be dead, so who cares? Right. Mm. At the end of the day, you're going to die. So, tonight, joining us on the Nerd 35 edition of Podcastle is uh, Christopher J. Cullen. Michael, is, is does he go by Christopher J. Cullen? Well, he goes by CJ professionally only because there's so many Chris Cullens out there, I guess. Um, I never really asked him, but I, I think that's what it is. There's just too many Cullens on IMDb. Is he connected to Epic Productions? He has, uh, I, what was it, Tri-State Epic. Films or something was the name of the company. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Like Tri-State better than Epic Productions. Tri-State's good. Tri-State You know, film? you guys can hear me okay. Is the fan noise off? No. No. I mean, you sound fine, but it's... Oh, the fan's know. off. There's no noise. There's oh. no noise emitting from the place. It could be my computer, though, because since the uh, legalization of same-sex marriage, I got a lot of spyware on here. Or should I say guyware on here? How we doing, San Francisco? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's not even funny. Wilton Manners. Wilton Manners. Susan Willoughby. (laughs) Samantha. Samantha Willoughby. 
Um, now it's stopped, I think. Yeah. Yeah, now it's better. I was... Uh, I want to apologize again for my uh, audio screw-up on yesterday's show. But then I was rereading the, the feeds of Let's Get Back on the Air, and I saw Biscardi said he had to be on... Was it gate duty at, at 0530? You had to be up then? 0700. Yeah. I got to do it again tomorrow also. Is that self-explanatory, gate duty? I mean, are you in, like, the security um, station duty, there yeah. at the gate? Yeah. Wow. Gun? Strap? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. had a shotgun today, as a matter of fact. Wow. Good. Okay, I just heard from Mr. Cohn. He says, uh, actually Good. went out to go see Ted, too. So I think he just boned us. Ted, wow. too. Good. Good. Yeah. I heard Ted too is good. He'll enjoy it, and uh, maybe next year we'll get him on the podcast because we are packed. We are packed. Sorry, well, Chris. We'll have to bring in our second backup guest. Please welcome Mr. Seth McFarlane, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I. We'll, get, we'll get him on. So, what does he do? Why don't you tell us about him? Let's talk about him. Let's talk trash about him. Okay. Yeah. I want to talk some trash. We can trash it up. What does he do? Is he, he's Charles, what, what do you want to kick off? you want to talk about decisions? Yes, I would like to talk about decisions. I've seen a film by Mr. Cullen called Decisions. Have you? I have. So it's, you know him. It actually wasn't by him. I don't, I don't know he's him. He's just an actor. I, you know that. of him. I know of him. I know oh. Michael was in this film, and it's – Mike does a great job. Mike Scardi's a phenomenal actor. I was like, who's C.J. Cullen yeah. has the uh, filmmaking uh, aesthetics – Similar to my turtle, Mr. Tuttle, when he poops in his water. I mean, it's just the you, have, you can look at it long enough before you got to turn away. No, no, no. Oh, I'm, wow. I'm just, I'm just kidding. It's no. Um, it's actually, good. he didn't do decisions, but um, that was a, oh, a mutual acquaintance of ours. He was just a- acting in it. Ah, okay. Uh, I but that's, I think, the first says... piece of work that you saw that he <laughs> had some connection to. Yeah. But uh, yeah. then there was a changed life, and. <sighs> uh, and yeah, this was one I helped him out with back in 2010. And I remember I was stationed at Fort Benning and I was leaving to go to Fort Lee, Virginia for a couple of months. In between the move, I went back to New York to go, um, yeah, just to go home for, for the, uh, it was Labor Day, Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. During that time, <laughs> Colin had this film going on, it changed life, and he said, good. One of my guys backed out. You can play the part. I hadn't seen a script. I was like, yeah, it's a short film. For years, I'd been listening to him talk about how uh, he all these films he was going to make. He had a big slate. Let's film some shorts. And he had never actually done it. And finally, he had, he had put the money where the mouth was, and he put this little short together. It's like 20 minutes long. You can see it on Vimeo. And uh, anyway, so I get to his cousin's bar. It's in New Rochelle. I guess we'll plug it here. It's called Cullen's Irish Pub. And it's actually a nice little, nice little watering hole, nice what's, little Irish pub. Oh, uh, Cullen's. It's in New Rochelle. Ah. And uh, so I show up and I see the set and I get a script. And I realize as I'm looking at this script that, wow, this is a story about a guy. His name is Mike, and he joins the army, and his friends are deadbeat losers, and he doesn't want to be like them, so he changes his life. 
smells like he's on a shitty podcast (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) said what the holy hell did you write i said you can see it on vimeo i'm only in one scene Uh, it's called a changed life a changed life and this is written by christopher cullen every single film festival he could get into and he got into quite a few and i I mean, it got to the point where I had to say, dude, all right, it's now 2013. The movie was made three years ago. This is my new film, Gone with the Wind. <laughs> it's it's time to move on. Yeah. Stop showcasing it. People can see it on the internet. Put it on YouTube. That's the worst, yeah. man, when you when you, when you you have something and you uh, – I've done that where, you know, you do something and you're, you're just <laughs> – Throw it to the ground. Like I'm still sharing the grammar Nazi like three years later. I think it should have five million hits. So I'm shamelessly plugging that. So I, I get it. When you're a filmmaker and you do something, you're like you just, you just want to keep going. You gotta throw everything at the wall. See what sticks. Exactly. Like pants. just like just like Jake Harris said, it's it's a crapshoot. So, you know you, oh no, he didn't say that. Who said that? Who did we who, Diddy. who have we had on this damn show? Oh, that was Diddy, okay. Um, and he just said, yeah, I'm just going to tie my money to this big, fat, black rapper and, and see how it goes. Um, but <laughs> it no, that's what well. it is. I mean, it's so damn competitive. And the worst thing. Do we lose you? Uh, I think we lost him. We lost him. Well, we lost him. it's just us old friends. Okay. Yep. Moving on to. Well, we're sorry, Mr. Cullen couldn't be here. Yeah, he was asked me about it, and I said I I don't know it's not Pacific time. Yeah. And he said, "That's all right." Oh. We'll get him on. Alright, we'll get him on. Yeah, he'll do it. This is a guy who can always count on. He loves to promote. What were you gonna say? He's asked me if I'm on later now. He just texted me, and I said, uh, "I have a day job. I gotta get to." Yeah, I don't think we're gonna be on later. Yeah. Uh, can't gotta work. <laughs> You're gonna be on at four AM. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, you log in and you wait for us. In fact just talk. Yeah. We'll, just we'll record yourself, us. send us the demo. We'll put it on there. It's gonna be fun. We'll somehow edit it in. You can even ask yourself any question that you want. Yeah. You know what? Sing if you want. <laughs> time. Funny yeah, story. We... There was uh, a time where uh, Biscardi and Matthew Claus and myself were, uh, we pulled an all-nighter, and Biscardi and I, much to the chagrin of Claus, watched uh, A Sound of Music with Wine at 5.30 right. in the morning. And I'm, I don't remember this, but apparently it did happen. It did happen, and it was great. It was great. It was good stuff. So uh, what else is going on? How's the weather down there? Is it is it as hot in Texas as it is here? Yeah, it's pretty brutal. brutal. It's yeah, brutal. it's brutal. Mosquitoes are the size of falcons. Oh. Yeah. You've been bit a few times? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's disgusting. I mean, I almost get to the point where I have to, uh, you know, spraying myself with off is not enough. I actually want to take a dip and a bath of repellent. That's how bad it oh, is. Nasty. Yeah. So what's the shift like in the morning? Is it straightforward? I mean, is it boring? Is it? You know, yeah, how, just, how long is it? When, when are you done? Like, when can you hang your hat up and let loose? That's an eight-hour day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, it's a good call. Some uh, of my count 
Arts have 12 hour days. I feel bad for them, but no, just an eight hour day. Good. Yeah, it shouldn't be any longer than that. We, we get have... some. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, we have uh, Mary Gutfleisch has confirmed for uh, July 12th. She's very excited to be here. Um, she wants to do it live, too. Uh, she wants to actually physically be here. So uh, I'm going to, we're going to be uh, doing the show with her um, in person as opposed to. What is the last thing she's done? Let's let's talk about her. She's well. Oh, she... she does a few things. Um, she she wears a few hats. She ha she's in a comedy troupe, so she's she's always doing shows. And then Thoughts. yeah, yeah, she's like a comedian, actor, and then uh, she has her channel Mary Doodles, um, on YouTube, which she does just incredible uh, art videos. She actually draws art and speeds up the the, the tape. Uh, and puts that on there, so that's. I mean, it's really impressive art. She sells them too. I think she's. She. I think they're they're underpriced. I think she could get a lot more. She's really good. Yeah. Um, then she does other things. She's been in epic rap battles of history, and she does all kinds of uh, like set design for videos and things like that. Mary Doodles Deviant Art. Yeah. Let's see how deviant this artwork is. Let's take a look what we got here. Uh, oh wow! She likes sharks. I see. I I didn't know that, but we like her more. And uh, where and wolves, and okay, so she's. I see, it's very deviant. Yeah, a little morbid. I like it. I got something deviant in my pants. I do like it. Okay, that's cool. So I'm a and she's July 12th. Good deal. Yeah, it should be good times. And then we have uh, Mr. Sean Kanan from Karate Kid Part 3 and uh, General Hospital, Bold of the Beautiful, filming a movie now called The Hack. Uh, we'll be in the studio in August, um, as well as uh, rapper, comedian Zach Sherwin, and uh, Lawan Exum from Big Brother uh, television show. So we got some good guests coming up. He's late. Some good stuff. And Christopher Cullen, we'll, we'll, uh, invitation's always there Somehow to come back. He had to go see Ted, too. That's all right. You got to do it. Now, Chris, Chris is East Coast, right? He's Jersey? He lives in New Jersey in um, yeah. the Red Bank area. He was one of those in the yeah, – I'm not going to say he was one of the big guys, but he was one of the guys, sure. Kevin Smith crew, who didn't make the trip to Los Angeles. He stayed behind and – so it went <laughs> for him. He did not follow the rest of the crew. So, yeah. He he was uh, wait was he he was in the crew or he was in the film? Well, he was a production. Or he was a crew assistant. crewman on the. He was yeah, he was a production assistant. He worked in the um, the comic store, the the secret stash when it first opened up. So he started as a production assistant. You know, when he was in his early twenties, and they were in their thirties. Now he's almost forty. And, you know, they were all, all these guys are practically 50 now. But, um, you know, he would – I think he started as a gopher. But he got to see some of the scripts before they were ever produced. One of them, in fact, was Goodwill Hunting. That came across Kevin Smith's desk, and he was working at his desk at the time. So he got to see that before it, hmm. uh, it went into production. But, you know, and then for years he wasn't making anything, and now he's doing – Short films, and you know, I've kind of said, kid, what do you say you step up and do a feature film already? And he's like, nah, I would do it, but I'm broke. 
Can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to, man. Just trying to get some money. Oh, by the way, can you give me five dollars? It's on my Kickstarter campaign. All we need is a five hundred dollar budget. I'm like, you need Kickstarter to raise a five hundred dollar budget. <laughs> I'm not just working in like a couple extra hours and you know here and there and save it up. So I wanted to get him on and see what what uh, what he can do. Might have in the hopper of late. Is he still trying to make it in the sense of an actor, or is he more of a, a filmmaker? A writer, last spoke, yeah, last I spoke to he said that he had cut down on the acting, but still I, I see the pictures of him at you know one hour, one minute, and 43 seconds, or whenever it was, on The Wolf of Wall Street, where you see his face in the background. and uh, He was so talented in that movie that the, they actually cast him in two parts. He was stockbroker number 23, and uh, police officer ten. <laughs> I saw his credits on. Uh, it was. Uh, it might have been Batman. It was like yeah. you know, town square patron, and something. I don't know. Uncredited. I think he's dedicated most of his time to. Uh, last time I spoke to him, uh, he's raising money for some film festivals, and um, apparently doing okay with it. Not so. Bad. Now, if you're if you're a, if you're an actor and you're doing extra work, I thought you couldn't always get that IMDb credit through for a big film. But well, you, I think the way it works is that he's one of those guys. You know, as soon as he gets the job, he's on the IMDb plugging that in, like most actors do, most aspiring actors do. Right. And so, you can usually get it on there until the movie is is um, in post production. Yeah. Or force release, but when the, at that point the producers will pretty much scrub the list and see who stays and who goes. And a lot of people will lose that credit at that time. Some people still keep them. And, uh, you know, that boosts their star meter because, you know, Joe Snuffy goes on when the movie's a big hit and starts looking at the credits. Well, I wonder who this person, this person was. And just happened to be looking for that one second at your little credit. Right. And then, That's all uh, I need. This guy's a nobody. Okay, moving on. Oh, but I still looked at him. Right. Right. That's the song. Johnny, back with us? Yes. Welcome. Jeez. I'm back on my phone. Speakerphone now. We missed you. Yeah, a lot happened since you were gone. The president stopped by. Oh. Um, Your girlfriend announced uh, a pregnancy. Um, Oh. Your parents uh, left you a couple hundred thousand dollars uh, just for being a good guy, but you had to be on the air to claim. I mean, it was weird, man. It was a weird that's, turn of events. It's quite a karma turnaround. C three PO was here. Skype. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got something funny to tell our listeners and you guys. Was uh, I paid my car registration, which was very cheap this year. It's only one hundred and forty-one bucks um, last month for uh, California. And I, it's, you know, it was due in June. I mailed it like May 14th, 15th. And I get, yeah. LA's broke, by the way. And let me tell you, here's why. Oh, I've heard you mention. Yeah, it's very broke. Um, LA used to ha- be like the sixth largest economy in the world. It's like 48 in the country now in, in economy and education. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah, they still say it's like the number two market in the country. I'm like, but it's I, I believe that massive debt. It's probably the number two market, but what you're paying to be in that market is crazy because you have to you have to kick everything up to Uncle Jerry in Sacramento. So, right. um, so I paid the registration. I get a uh, a letter like two weeks later saying it was late, which it wasn't. 
pay 40 more bucks. All right. Oh, Here's 40 yeah, bucks. Right. Okay. I get a letter this weekend saying you need to get a smog check, which is fine. <laughs> but oh, boy. tell me that like a month ago. Now I'm driving around without like registration. You know, I just don't want to get okay. pulled over. I mean, they'll, they can look it up, but. Do you do you in California have to put a sticker anywhere that your your car is registered, like on the outside of the car? On the license plate, there's a registration okay. sticker. Okay, yeah, they have those here in Florida as well. Right, yeah, that's what's one of those guys, and uh, so the registration's like another, or the smog check's another fifty bucks. But I'm just thinking, it's just such a racket. It's like two months ago, almost two months ago, paid money to have your ticket, your sticker, and. You know, we're still dealing like running around, and it's it's at the end of the day, it's a sticker, it's a fucking yeah. sticker. You you put in the mail and you send there. You know, you wonder yeah. why so many people are driving around with stolen stickers and no insurance. It's like you make it so hard when it could be so easy. Mm. None of it's automated. It's all through the mail. I mean, you can pay for it online, but you would it's think just slow. Be, you would oh, think I did try to pay it online. It, it was down. The site was down for like 48 hours. I just said, fuck yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Oh, I'll tell you what. I love California. It is so beautiful, but it is such a fucking backward state. I mean, <laughs> they, it's treated like a third world fucking country. And let me tell you why. It it's, is? It's, you have to be like exclusively rich to live like a middle class person. And myself, oh, yeah. who's not rich, who's a middle class person, has to live like a fucking jabroni, you know, paying out the ass for bullshit. Poverty. Yeah, the wealth gap is insane. You know? I mean, oh, like, sorry to rant like about it, but it just fucking pisses me off. Yeah, I mean, but he won't and move back east, I can tell you that. I won't. I'll never leave. I love, I love California. I think it's great. It's the land of opportunity with entertainment, and that's why I'm here. The people are great, but... I'm telling you, man. It I don't is, know if and this is, is not any, just me ranting. Any, any single time I look at, you know, out of curiosity, because it's not like I'm not involved in, yeah. in castings anymore, but if I see, like, project casting, there's always these casting notices, and they're always Atlanta or – well, really, it's mostly Atlanta, actually. I never see any really? job postings for anything in Los Angeles anymore. They don't film here anymore. It's really Vancouver, Canada, Michigan, yeah. or Atlanta. No, it doesn't. It, it, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. Yeah, I mean that's actually it. So you could conceivably get steady work on something in Atlanta like The Walking Dead, but the pay sucks. That's the trade-off. There's, I mean, even SAG after uh, fees down there are still what would be non-union in New York or Los Angeles. Yeah. Speaking of which, I got my SAG after card today, and I said, wow, I haven't paid the union in I don't know how long. I didn't think I was still a good standing member, but evidently they just keep waiving my dues. <laughs> they just keep, yeah, they yeah. keep you in the system. You, you've been trying to leave for five years, but they yeah. keep bringing you back. Yeah. You're like a goldfish that, that, that like, a goldfish is trying to die, but you keep it alive by feeding it flakes every day, and you're just like, ah. I mean, I couldn't book a job to save my life, but yeah. it's nice to still be a good standing member of mm -hmm. an organization of people who can, who have actual talent. <laughs> how do you become a member of SAG? Sorry. Well, I can tell you how Sorry. some people – actually, I can Sorry. tell you how I did it um, now that I have it. Uh, you know, when I was out starting out and struggling doing the non-union work and getting treated like non-union trash – 
you know, because you're really, as he was just, Shark was just talking about between, you know, the gap of of income, middle class right. people are low class people in Los Angeles. Non-union people are really low class people in the biz. And, you know, they're not treated very well. And um, everybody's trying to get that union card. And you meet all kinds of characters. How do I get a union card? Well, there's a few ways. One way is you can have uh, uh, a line, at least five lines long. Oh, I said something. I, I was shouting out to uh, to Susan Sarandon when she was walking by. I said something. I said, hey, to her. And how you doing? I'm a star. Uh, yeah. yeah. So they'll give me a union card. <laughs> No, it doesn't really work like that. It's kind of got to be scripted. I and, served coffee. Uh, yeah. To Jared Leto. So, <laughs> used to be. I don't know how exactly you do it now because uh, they've merged after the American Federation of Television Radio Artists merged with Screen Actors Guild to become SAG After. Why? Now I don't know. Challenge the Klingons to interstellar domination. <laughs> I don't see. Actually, we broadcast film work, whatever. SAG After. But I can tell you how I did it. One day I was sitting, I was standing online at a casting for background actors. They weren't seeing any of the non-union people. And uh, racist. That's offensive. Yeah. yeah, very offensive. And there was a long line, like two blocks long, to see non-union people. I didn't think they were going to be seen. So it was just a bunch of people dropping off their headshots and resumes. And I looked at the line. It was down in, I think it was down in Greenwich Village. It was at a church. I remember. Some like Episcopalian church. And I said, oh, the hell with I'm not going to wait on this line. So I tried to sneak into the SAG line. They were just going right in. And I get stopped by by the the, the union bouncers, I guess, you know, some some hippie kid with long hair and a beard. And a uh, real tough guy. You know, he says, well, do you have your card? Oh, I'm so, you know, I don't I don't have my SAG card. Well, if you can get somebody on the phone from the union to vouch for you, I could let you in. Okay, wait here. Pull the phone out. I think I called a, a guy I knew, Benny from Brooklyn, who just happened to be the last person who called me, I think. And uh, <laughs> so I called him back, said, hey, do me a favor, just play along and tell these guys I'm good. And I walked back into the line to go talk to the uh, makeshift security team, put him on. Yeah, he's good. Let him through. <laughs> was this walked. 2009? No, this was ago. This was back in like... I don't remember. I remember. Six. I remember one time you said to me, you like texted me. You go, hey, I, I, if somebody calls you from SAG, just let them know my. Uh, oh, maybe I try to bring you one. Good. Too, but uh, probably... and I have a history of like, yeah, um, you know, we we do jobs for oh, each other. Oh, like yeah. I've picked oh. up checks for Mike under his name and cashed them for him because he couldn't <laughs> make it. Like we we go way back with. Uh, yeah, just say you're me and go into this yeah, place. Exactly. Like, no, no problem with it. Like, Even if call, I didn't done. learn him. And somebody were to call him and ask if I was good, like he would be able to play along. With like, yeah, of course, the Biscard. And, and it was bad. But I think this was probably 2006 or seven, maybe. I want to say. Ah, okay. Anyway, yeah, maybe seven. I think. But anyway, so that's how I got my SAG card. Yeah, because the way it worked out was they put me in the pile of the SAG background actors. So anytime I got called for a job, you have to have three waivers. It used to be you had to have three waivers back in the day. And that's what every background actor would pretty much do the work for if they were non-union was to get that waiver. Oh, my God. I think I'm going to get a waiver. Oh, no waiver. Oh, I'll try again. Then I'll do another one. Nope, no waiver. You had to really be lucky. But I got it because they thought I was SAG initially. Sounds like a sweatshop. 
Yeah, and I put down some bogus yeah. SAG number and everything. <laughs> it caught up to me. I mean, the guild, the, the or the casting directors told me that the pro- some of the production companies got fined like 10 Gs because of me for what I did. Nice. It didn't matter at that point. I was already ah. in the union. So, Single-handedly but. responsible for the ho- right. downfall of so the Hollywood basic. economy. You actually created the writer's strike. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> it's all that's your all fault. I, I didn't eat. I, I'm the next... Uh, I was practically the like the the Holocaust of Hollywood. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> the the biggest disaster in in uh, which contributed to L.A. being broke. Yep, absolutely good. Yeah, the way it worked out was basically every job I got called for that was one, two, three waivers, and uh, because they thought it was already SAG, and um, you know by the time it caught up with me, they said, nope, now I'm actually in the union. I already have my three waivers. I paid my my union dues and so is it like a yearly dues like yeah a club, by, like an alumni by every, every union every union including labor unions typically have biannual fees you're good for, for twice in the year you got to pay up now the other way you could get in recently since 2011 it was this is how sounds like a shit oh, show this is how cullen got in process cullen was bought an after card which was, uh, again, American Federation Television Radio um, Association. Oh, and so after artists spelled about, out something. Yeah, American Federation Television Radio Artists. Nice. At that time, you did not need any prerequisites, no waivers or anything to get into the union. So most of these aspiring actors went out and bought after cards to ho- in hopes that they might get, you know, to identify themselves now. They're That's union. That's what they did. That's where I went wrong. I went out and bought a Costco card, and I didn't really make it to the union, but I had some bulk-sized Lucky Charms for like six months. I mean, it was good. It was really, really good. time of the merger, all these celebrities who had established themselves, they were against the merger, but the people like my buddy Cullen, who had been fighting to get a SAG card for so long, uh, he had... He had said, "Yeah, well, I, I bought a I bought an aftercard because you know I caught I caught wind of this merger. I knew it was definitely going. Oh, I caught wind. Really? Because I voted against this merger wind. because of people like you who are invading the union at this time. You know, I cared. I don't care now because I'm I don't do that stuff anymore. I caught wind. Yeah. Was it? I caught wind of it. I knew it was going down, so I went out and bought an aftercard, and he got grandfathered into SAG after. And as soon as he got his SAG aftercard, he flashed it around like it was, you know, an American Express commercial or something with the card in it's there. It's everywhere he wants to be. SAG, I'm Union. I'm Union. Right. And that's when uh, he started doing the jobs for you know Irish Cop and Boardwalk Empire and um, Passenger Number Two. Yeah. Our patron fifteen. Yeah. Black so. cop nine. I just remember I, I when Wolf of Wall Street was filming, I asked him if he wanted to get together and he's like, Yeah, I can't work in. Lee and Leo are working. Work it, work it, I said, Leo work who? DiCaprio. Oh, Leo Hello? D. Leo D. It's a sleazy flick going on. We're gonna be working. Leo's gonna be there. Marty's gonna be there, and we're gonna be working. Marty. Leo, oh Marty, Leo, Scorsese, Scorsese, Scorsese. I, um, gosh, it's such a process. Yeah. And so you get one of these cards and and waivers and all these certs. It's like a, you're a damn nurse, and and then you're free to audition for any anything. 
I, I, what what well, happens next? When doesn't you get really get you, it doesn't guarantee you any work. No. In right. fact, it's actually easier for some people to get work as non-unionists don't make any money. But in New York City and Los Angeles, whatever, they have to meet a certain quota. And I believe it's 40 minimum, 40 or 80 or something to be on, on a scene, on a set. It's outrageous. That's how 40 many or 80 what? Union actors. You got to have union actors. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I guess you have to have requirements that way, everybody. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry can't just, you know, pitch up a tent and say, yo, hey, it's a SAG set. Let's get some insurance and some craft services in here. I guess they have to kind of kind of regulate it to be, you know, uniform. So, it's- so when yeah. it's not like an open casting call, like when they, you know, do a for extras in Game of Thrones, like I know there was like 3,000 people that lined up to be in yes. the, uh, Game of Thrones extra. And I was like, well, how the hell do they regulate that? Like what if, you know – yeah. Everyone in the world shows up. That's just like a lot of people to weed through for extras. Oh, well, th- th- again, those are probably non-union people. Now, to get principal roles, um, again, being union doesn't really guarantee you a, a, a job. It just guarantees you the rights if you get that job. And, uh, I mean, I've been on non-union sets before, especially in the indie world, which have been a total total disaster and, and – uh, <laughs> Learned my lesson from ever touching that kind of work again. Yeah. But indie work? Yeah. Well, non-union indie work for a small paycheck, which I never, I would never touch now. But Sounds like a bunch um, of gobbledygook, if you ask me. A bunch of tomfoolery. But being in the union doesn't really get you closer to a, a larger role. It just guarantees you certain rights. Gobbledygook. As an artist, but, you know. So, like, if you go and you... Like- and you audition and you get the role uh, because you have all those things, then you're fine and they can hire you? Well, actually, you could be Joe Blow off the street, get a role in a principal, and they'll actually pay your union fees. They'll automatically bring you into Wow. Yeah, you just got to have over five lines, then they'll pay for you, the production company. Oh. At least that's how it is. Because this is all pre-merger. I don't know what goes on because I'm not really active. I still get all these people on social media telling me to vote for something and, and uh, vote for vote for, for larger sandwiches and craft services. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't care. It has nothing to do with me anymore. I'm not in that line of work. I just don't care. Go ahead. If you want my vote, you can, here's my my union membership number. You can go vote in my stead. Actors. In my stead. In my stead, I'm sending my liege. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard that for in my stead. <laughs> what does that mean? I send him in my stead. You mean instead? <laughs> yeah. No, in my stead. In my stead. In my place. You? I send in my place. I am interested sending. in your stead. Your stead doesn't have the same prestige as my stead. Yes. Yeah. In your stead, I'm sending my cat. <laughs> my liege, your grace. Same so, amount uh, of work done. Exactly. Donald Trump in the news today, you guys brought this That's up right. earlier. NBC. Oh, uh, yeah. Big time. Oops. What happened, John? Um, okay, so I only saw the headline, and then I saw, like, more... Um, Because that's usually how I get my news. I read the headline and I tell people it and they go, whatever question, whatever first question they have, like what 
you know, whatever follow up, I go, oh, I don't know. I just saw the headline. Right. <laughs> Man's thumb uh, explodes while having like, sex. What else happened? I mean, I think, that's it. I think like the, you know, Miss USA or, you know, those things that he does, the pageants, they're all like getting pulled off a of, off of NBC. Ooh. But I don't know why. I was hoping maybe you would look that up, Matt. Well, according to uh, Time, Donald Trump, uh, NBC, did did some firing, and uh, ultimately both sides won. In the end, Donald Trump just wasn't worth the headaches for the television networks. According to Time, many in the Republican Party wish that they could fire the Donald just as easily. NBC on Monday joined Univision in dropping its involvement with the fiery business mogul-turned-reality star, turned White House hopeful over comments he made about immigrants coming to the United States from Mexico. During his campaign launch, Trump's, Trump said that Mexicans were rapists and criminals, although he added he wasn't sure that some were fine individuals. That he added some were sure, that he was sure that some were fine individuals. Well, see, that's kind of uh, an exaggerated. He called them motherfuckers he, on on TV too. He did, did it, yeah. He, he did, said he that lie. Listen, listen shit, you, man. No, but uh, he he said something. I I heard the clip today, and he said Mexico is not sending the right people. There's like you and you. He was just pointing out to Mexicans random. Mexicans not people. sending anybody. Well, exactly. I mean, I think these people kind of sent themselves. I I don't, you know, the president put these people on the trains to find their way here, which um, is essentially what he was implying. But yeah, you know, then he said they're they're sending rapists, and this is uh this is pretty cool. It's it's uh, Trump's top ten top ten most offensive comments of all time. let's, Let's have them. So number one, I'm I'm guessing is the one that you guys are talking about right now. You're fired. The U the U.S. has become a dumping ground for everybody else's problems. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending our best. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems, they're, and they're bring, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're crime, they're rapists, and some I assume are good people. <laughs> yeah, because oh. we don't have any of that here. Right, I know. It's like, you know, people are – it's like when people complain about bad driving. You know, there's bad drivers. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been in New Jersey? Have you ever been anywhere? Yeah. There's some, some famous comedian who said the worst drivers in the world follow me everywhere I go. Uh, <laughs> so that was June 16th, 2015. It's obviously the most current one, the one you yeah. guys are talking about. Uh, yeah. From number two, May 2011. I've read hundreds of books about China over the decades. I know the Chinese. Hundreds. I've made a lot of money with the Chinese. I understand the Chinese mind. <laughs> I have many Chinese women students. <laughs> hundreds, hundreds of Chinese books. Children. Not one, not five, but hundreds of books. He can't get enough of the subject. Listen to this. They taught me the art of the deal. <laughs> they taught me the art of pollution. Number three. Sadly, because President Obama has done such a poor job as president, you won't see another black president for generations. Oh, jeez. Such an analyst. You know so much. So deep. Um, number four. I've studied people that have been studying Obama. Oh, I'm, I, have, I have people that have been studying Obama's birth certificate, and they cannot believe what they're finding. 
I would like to have him show his birth People. certificate. And I can be honest with you. I hope he can. Because if he can't, if he can't, if he wasn't born in this country, which is a real possibility, then he has pulled one of the great cons in the history of politics. Yeah. Not like the Celebrity Apprentice or your failing casinos. Well, but. Otis actually <laughs> furnished a copy of the birth certificate. He still didn't believe it. He said, I guess maybe it wasn't a, a what do they call it, an apostolic certificate or what, they, whatever he furnished, he, he still denied was a <laughs> right. So the It was birth made on Microsoft uh, Word. Yeah. <laughs> um, number five, all of the women on the all of the women on The Apprentice flirted with me, consciously or unconsciously. That's good to be expected. Yeah. Unconsciously. <laughs> I think it's another word for rape. <laughs> she was really having sex with me, but she was they, unconscious. They were saying no, but I really know it meant yes. Gosh. No <laughs> means... Marley Madeline was doing sign language. I thought it, it looked like she, she wanted to blow me. <laughs> saying thank you. But, and she sign just, but she just wanted to have uh, uh, another cup of coffee. Here's another good one that I don't find offensive, but I yeah. guess people did. I have a great relationship with the blacks. The colors, as I call them. <laughs> I don't think that one's offensive. I think is it offensive because it's with I think the, the blacks. blacks you could substitute a better term for like black people. I have a good rapport with, but right. You know, I don't. I don't think most black people would find that offensive. This is this one's amazing. Now he tags her. This is a tweet, I guess, because it says, while at Bette Midler is an extremely unattractive woman, I refuse to say that because I always insist on being politically correct. (laughs) He's so funny. It's like I could listen to him all day. I say he doesn't care if if Rosie O'Donnell sues him for calling her a degenerate. I could listen to Donald Trump all day. He's just endlessly entertaining. And, you know, uh, I'd even consider voting for him. I, I don't really – I'm not sold on his particular candidate yet from any party. But I, I, just, I don't even know if he's going to make it that far. He's already – we're not even into 2016 yet. He's already, I think we should – I think we should, we should vote for him. Just to see what happens. Yeah, just to see those press conferences. I mean it will be terrible for the country, but – I mean, if he doesn't make it on the Republican ticket, if the GOP doesn't select him as in, uh, what, New Hampshire? You know who the GOP ticket's going to go to? Chris Christie. The jury. You think? Yeah. He's been to enough delis with the common folk that he's built a grassroots campaign through the food industry, and everybody loves food. (laughs) <laughs> and I think he's and been that, to every establishment that serves food. That he's he's built a grassroots campaign. That he's he's going to be tough to deny him. Well, if Trump uh, doesn't make it on the GOP ticket, I was going to say he'll just find some third party or invent his own party. Yeah, he'll do a third party. He'll do an independent, like the yeah the the you know nostalgia party or something like yeah. that. The Biscardi party, the pants party. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this one's like way out of... Uh, Let's have it. It's Friday. How many bald eagles did wind turbines kill today? They are an environmental and aesthetic disaster. What? <laughs> Has there been an occurrence where a bald eagle 
No. Blind bald eagle. I've never. I mean, I, I see. I see turbines every day out of the Gulf Coast. Um, I I haven't seen that. I have actually. I mean, I understand as a general turbine that it's not sufficient energy, and I've actually heard a lot of Texans say that they are not in favor of turbines, and in fact, it costs more to keep those things running than nuclear power. I don't know how true that is because I haven't seen the bill. But right, uh, yeah. But that's what I've heard. So obviously his agenda. Is I don't not. understand his point though. The, is it because the, he's saying he has, that he's, the, not, he's against like saying, yeah? Well, you don't want to kill wildlife off. Let's let's just let's keep Chernobyl plants running. Oh They're yeah, safe. yeah. The the power plants and and oil spills have never done anything to to hurt to hurt wildlife and the environment. So no, let's let's no. let's take the wind turbines down. Yeah, free energy and solar energy sucks. They're, the yeah. American symbol, the symbol of America, is getting caught up in those big giant <laughs> blades that are going two miles an hour. <laughs> right, right. Trump. Oh my gosh! And, yeah, well, I mean, his, you can tell, it, you know, it's an environmental and es- an aesthetic disaster. So basically, he just doesn't like the way they look. Yeah. Take him down. I don't like the way his hair looks. It's that's and not aesthetic 10. at all. I want to see what he looks like when he gets out of the shower. Like, what his hair, mm-hmm. what kind of state his hair is in when he gets in the shower. Because like a wet poodle. It, but it's like Mac. Is it like Hulk Hogan, where you know how Hogan just wears the bandana because he yeah. wears ball. But like, does Trump grow that part, that little back part that Hogan still has, really long and like comb it all forward? <laughs> That's like what it looks. He puts like it in the microwave. Happens. It has to be microwaved. It has to be in the oven at 350 for 10 minutes to get it baking the right way. Oh, he is a character, a, man. If it's a windy day, he just stays in. You know, like mailmen, they won't go out if it rains. No, it's windy. Can't go out today. Can't go out today. I wonder who his running mate's going to be. What's pick like Vince McMahon? <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd be on board for that. <laughs> it, if it was... Uh, I remember when he would go on Stern and he would always talk about this, but... No one really like took it that seriously. I mean, Stern would like play along, and one time he said, "Howard, I'm gonna do it if you're my running mate," and <laughs> you, know, you know, that's like the last thing Stern wants to do. Yeah. So it'll be really cool if like he gets to whatever the next stage is and actually does pick uh, a running mate and whoever the heck it would be. It's not gonna be someone that you know we don't know. No, it'll be someone right in the spotlight. Yeah. We'll have to pull out all the all the stops. Might be John Hassinger. And the final most offensive thing that Tom or Tom Donald Trump has ever said, I am officially running for the president of the United States. <laughs> Crowbar that one in there. I know he's got Michael Savage's vote. Savage has had him on and he talks about him quite a lot. And you know, nobody is conservative enough for Dr. Savage. And uh, you know, it doesn't matter who is president or uh, who's on talk, conservative talk radio. He just hates everybody. Like nobody's nobody's uh, safe. Is, right. But uh, he's very pro-Trump. Yeah. Mike, Michael Savage. He's a fan. Yeah. Who is Michael Savage? That name sounds familiar. Michael Savage, the Savage Nation. He's Fred Savage's dad, I believe. <laughs> Randy Savage's brother. Oh, rest his soul. World Net Daily. MichaelSavage.com, home of the Savage Nation, borders, language, culture.
Yeah. Yep. Uh, he said yeah. some really outrageous things too. You you look at some of Michael Savage's quotes. That guy yeah. said some things, man. What's this here? Under the threat of a third world war, nothing matters except the mission. A countdown to Mecca. That's his book. Yeah, that's his latest book. Yeah, countdown to Mecca. What's Mecca? Mecca is is basically the capital of Islam, and it's in Saudi Arabia. And every time a Muslim prays from anywhere in the world, they they have to face Mecca. And when you go to Mecca on a pilgrimage in Islam. You become a. It's called a Hajj. You you have now be, earned the title of Haji in your name. So so you'd actually it'd be like you know Lord so and so Don so and so. Oh, Don Scotty. You become Haji. Uh, I won't make up a name and and sound racist. <laughs> Sounds like a hodgepodge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've traveled to Mecca and you some, do some gobbledygook. Every time you see a Muslim pray, they're facing. They have to face the direction to Mecca. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. I I had somebody that did that. Uh, it was a an obese person that did that once a day um, back in Pennsylvania. Oh no, it was they faced towards Acme once a day. There was a chicken on sale, and they just they had to get that in the belly. So he's saying this is a countdown to. <laughs> You know, this becoming, you know, the main religion everywhere because they're going to take over unless we do something. Pretty much. I mean, that's yeah. that's what he alleges, yeah. Well, okay. I to the book, but I just listen to him from time to time. He entertains me. And, uh, you know, he's not yeah. he's not necessarily anti-Muslim to say that uh, he just hates religion, you know, on the level that Bill Maher, who I listen to from time to time, just hates religion. Yeah. And, you know, he's pro-religion, but he believes that everybody, you know, the majority of, of them out there, they're fanatics. And if we don't wake up and we, we don't stop the Obama agenda, the world is going to come to an end. And when the next president is elected, you know, he'll still have the same thing because that's his material that he's been running off of for the past 20-some years. But I find him very entertaining. I like to listen to him. I think Michael okay. Savage, if you're listening, needs to find Michael Biscardi better, very entertaining. I listen to the podcast. Mike's got a lot to say. So does John. I don't really have much to say. Just do. I love when he gets aggravating phone calls. He'll just be like, "Okay, well, do you can you tell me, sir, what your education is? You obviously sound like an ignoramus, and you don't have the education that I." (laughs) You boys want to uh, do a final send off and uh, ante up and hit the old dusty trail this night? Yeah, whatever uh, you want. But I did just stumble upon this thing: FBI setting up command centers around the U.S. in case of July Fourth ISIS terror terrorist oh, no. attacks. Wow! Take huh. command centers. Red. Severe red terror alert. Wow. I mean, this—it's so bizarre that the these ISIS guys are like taunting us through like Twitter. Like, yeah. It's yeah. like hashtag. Yeah, they're good at social media. Well, I just hope now the world kind of will focus its attention on that. Now that finally the equal yeah. rights has been said and done, yeah, and uh, we can move on to other pressing business, which also concerns all Americans and the rights of freedom. And and hopefully they'll pay attention, but they probably won't. You know, most people never cared. Based on my short list of social media contacts, which I don't have that many. 
uh, <laughs> most of the stuff that I read about, you know, regarding ISIS might come from my veteran friends, but then there's my other friends who are civilians who've never, you know, pay any attention to that stuff. Most right. people, there's, the majority of Americans really don't care, I think. It's, it's just the people who are um, of a certain political affiliation or mm -hmm. people who have served in Iraq or Afghanistan. They're the ones who would promote the, uh, um, the, the cause of, of fighting, you know, going back to Iraq and, you know, don't let those soldiers die in vain. But, you know, most Americans, they're totally oblivious to it, don't care. Most Americans yeah, you know, know I, the, who the vice president is. You yeah. got like a, a, a peek at that in that in that movie, American Sniper. He was just so frustrated to like be home. And I was like, yeah. no, I never like thought about it that way. Yeah. Like he gets he gets to know all those guys and then he leaves them in like a living hell and he's right. sitting at home on the couch going, uh Yeah. That's kind of weird. What's yeah. going on? And then how many people looked at that movie and, and thought it was great. Most people that saw it and were really moved by it were the patriotic types. But the fact of the matter is I, I don't see that making up the large majority of the populace of America. Not to say that they're anti-American. Just most people, they don't care. They didn't. They weren't invested in Iraq. They were against it, and which turned some people to be against service members um, who, who had volunteered to, to be baby killers or whatever. You know, they got branded. I think most people were for the invasion uh, of Iraq, given the fervor of the American spirit after 9-11, and then obviously with the media and, and facts and people's opinions, you know, over the years, that that's changed. But I, I do still hope to believe that most most people that are citizens are patriots, or to some degree, they, they, they do recognize this is the best country in the world. They love the United States. Um, you know, uh, I would hope that they're not, that most people are just, you know, floating around without a... I would have shot that kid with the bomb without a second oh, thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah. him away. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Don't, who cares Absolutely. if you're wrong? Blow him away. Blow him away. But look at all the ridicule that, that, um, the memory of Chris Kyle received that this guy was some kind of a psychopath. Right. And uh, you know, he was the bad guy. I mean, it was out. Huh. Of Michael Moore called the snipers cowards. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, you know. But the fact of the matter is more people cared about getting the the, uh, the equal rights in the 50 states for gay marriage. And I'm not making it, putting an opinion on it. That just happened to be what most people I noticed in the civilian world were really focused on at that in, in the past year. Yeah. America. Yeah, it was like we were talking about yesterday. We're like, how was this like a thing? Like, just yeah, just happen, let's, let's move on and get to like the serious shit out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Let's just now that we got this thing out of the way, um, let's you know, let's move on and let's let's uh, tackle the next thing. You know, solve some real issues. Let's solve some issues. For real. Yeah, yeah. Let's Bye. move on. Let's do it. So. But you know. yeah, anyway, I just uh, sorry, I didn't mean to go down the uh, the war tangent there. I just saw that. I 
got something deep inside of me. Listen to Biscotti. He's a real American. He lives down there with Texans. Here's some. He is, he is though. He is a real American. Oh, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. Let me tell you something, America. All right, boys. I'm going to wrap it up tonight. All right. My stomach is starting to eat the back of my spine. I'm so hungry. I've eaten since like 11 o'clock this morning. It's 8 oh p.m. now. God. So starting to die. I eat off of creativity, and this show has enough to go around. It's that good. And if you're Have listening. When you're listening, please tweet us at the underscore podcastle. This is fun, guys. Second day in a row doing a show. I like it. It's starting Love to really it. take shape and got some mm. guests coming on. I feel like it's going to be a really great thing. Motivated. Keep it going. Keep it going. Uh, you guys have anything else to add? Nope. I, couldn't, I don't think I can top what we've already discussed. I don't think we can get into anything more that's a big discussion tonight. Let's talk about politics and religion one more time. I think we can <laughs> Right. Real quick, <laughs> real quick, tell us about the, tell us about all the people you had sex with. Well, for me that would be very quick. But all right, guys, uh, uh, Matthew Clark signing off, Michael Biscardi, and John Hassinger. Peace, boys. Bye. Peace.